God designed all of us for relationships, where people are investing in the lives of others. Discipleship works best within life-on-life -life engagement. Modeling what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, Follow me as I follow Christ. Before I begin today, I wanted to give you, like I've done the last couple months, just an update regarding our third service, potential third service. The, the start date, that, you know, estimated date is September 14th. Uh, right now we're receiving lots of interest in attending that service. Um, the whole purpose is to reach more people who can't come on the weekends. So we're receiving lots of interest. Um, but in, in the areas of instrumentalist and uh, people helping in tech, uh, not a lot of responses. So we are, you know, going to just see what God does. This is more information. It's not, a, not any guilt trip. Um, this is God's service. And so wanted to let you know, we, we need to make a decision within the next two, three weeks whether uh, to, we're going to hit that mark on September 14th or we will um, uh, postpone it for, for a while. So we're just going to let the Lord do what he wants to do because that's, that's his role. That's his job. Would you pray, for, pray with me about this? Uh, God, we thank you for uh, growing our church, even in the midst of summer. We thank you for our desire that you've placed in us to reach more people, especially those who are unable to come on the weekends, given uh, their employment in Kitsap County. And so, Lord, uh, we, we know uh, what we need, and you know what we need, and we ask that you would supply the needs um, and let us give, your, give us your direction as we move forward uh, with the third service. So, Lord, we just surrender your service to you and ask that you would meet the needs that we have. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. It was August of 2001. I find myself in the middle of China, in the city of Xi'an, very small city of 9 million people. In China, I was visiting a team of my high school students, our, our seniors, we about 25 of them and about five leaders, and it was a six-week missions trip that we did back in those days, and I couldn't be gone for all six weeks, so we trained up the students, trained up the teams, and we launched them, and I, I came halfway into their missions trip, and they were there um, uh, to teach English. And our, our missionary at our church is an, uh, is an underground missionary working in a public sector, but underground, working with the underground church. And, and he's the one that got us there. And he, for a period of time, he got us into the University of Xi'an, where our high schoolers were going to be teachers of English and also answer questions about the American culture. And these Chinese students wanted to practice their English and learn more about the USA. So our, our team, we trained them to, when it's time to share about America, culture in America, they got to teach about Christmas and what it means. They got to teach about Good Friday and Easter, et cetera, et cetera. But the stipulation 
was very clear that if we were going to live on that university campus and help teach, that we had to, our team had to go to language class, Chinese class, multiple times a week. So when I arrived, I'm hearing about this, I'm going, okay, that sounds cool. And they're like, no, it's not. <laughs> um, and so I, I went, I remember sitting all the way in the back, it was like a Tuesday, and it's hot, there's no air conditioning, the windows are open, it is humid, I have my little fan with a sprayer, and I'm in the back trying to stay awake because of my time zone change, and because it was incredibly boring. <laughs> and uh, if you know anything about Chinese language, it's tonal, and so, you know, they were, this, like the, the word for hello is ni hao. Say ni hao. And we went ni hao. And the professor, she said, no, that's not right. It's ni hao. And, and we went ni hao. She goes, no, that's not right. <laughs> and I'm in the back going, this is impossible language. And I'm just like, okay, stay awake and don't fall asleep and be a distraction. So then we, I endured that and we were done. And then I was going to meet up. And a day or so with our underground missionary and to meet with him. And then there was a 10-year storm, the worst storm they've had in a decade, flooded everything, streets are closed, and the only thing that was open was the university and we could walk. And I thought I was going to miss the Chinese language class, but because I couldn't travel in the city, I had to walk across and I'm like, I had a bad attitude. Like, I don't want to be here. And I'm in the back, spraying the fan, praying the mister, and I'm trying to stay alive and awake at the same time. After the class, though, students all went, and they went to go do their teaching. And I'm walking out of the class, and I, I, I heard that the professor, she wanted to see me. And I'm thinking, oh, man, I'm in trouble. <laughs> she noticed that I was trying to stay awake. So I walk up there, and she said, who are you? And I told her my name. And she says, what do you do? And I said, I am the teacher over all these teachers. And then she said, what do you teach? My mind quickly thought of our training of how people get arrested, get kicked out of the country. And I'm thinking, I am going to, if I answer honestly, I could be arrested, have someone tell Candy why I'm not coming home, or I would kick our entire team out of the country. So I started praying, and this is all happening lightning speed. And the Holy Spirit said, tell the truth. And I looked at her, she's just a little bit older than me, and, and I said, I teach the Bible, God's word. She looked at me, she said, interesting. She had pretty good English. She said, all of my life, I've grown up in this country, and we have been taught that there is no God. And that started a conversation that I couldn't believe was happening. Early on, I found out that her father was held a very high position in the Chinese communist military. So I'm praying even harder now. And God allowed me to share God's story with her. And I'm telling you, she looked 
dead at me the entire time. She didn't, her eyes didn't glance anywhere else. It was I'm like there was nothing else around me. She was just talking to me, and I felt like it was like a very, very dry sponge, and water drops were hitting and it quickly absorbing. It was like she was looking into my soul. And when I came to the part and I mentioned the name Jesus, this very fixed uh, glance at me went something like this. It's like something triggered when I mentioned the name Jesus. And I'll tell you the rest of the story in a little bit later. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Are you able to tell God's story of redemption simply, very simple and clear? Are you able to tell in a very simple and clear way God's story of redemption? Today we're continuing in our series called Disciples Making Disciples, Followers. That's what disciple means, follower making other followers. And the focus in this series is for Christ followers, if you say, I trust Jesus as my Savior, that you should be, according to Scripture, making other disciples of Jesus. The, the, the misconception the American church has is, as people say, that's not my job, that's, that's, the, that's the pastor's job, that, that's the church's job. No, we're to help, we provide training and resources, but it's followers' responsibility to make other disciples. And what we're going through, that we started a few weeks ago through the rest of the summer, is there are things that you need to know, and then to have, I mean you own it, and then you share it. What we've talked about, the first part is the, the foundation of the series is living a spirit-filled Christian life. At salvation, we, we, we have the Holy Spirit that Jesus promised and he delivered. The Holy Spirit, uh, you know, comes inside of us. Don't understand it all, but I know it happens. The presence of the Holy Spirit shows up at salvation. But we have access to his power if we would ask him. Help me, lead me, fill me, direct me. So when I'm in that Chinese language classroom, she asked me about some questions about God. I am immediately asking the Holy Spirit, help me, lead me. Give me what you want me to say. And he did. And that, this is the foundation that of all the things we've been talking about, for us to tap into if you're a Christ follower, to actually live a spirit-filled Christian life. Then we talked about, last week, about sharing our story, how God saved us. And we talked about that last week. And today is sharing God's story, God's story of redemption. Now, this, what I'm going to talk about today, for those of you, if you're here, if you're watching, and you do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, this will be life-giving, eternity-altering information. But if you are a Christ follower, what I'm going to share today is not just for your information, it's for your application. Because I'm going to help give you a couple of ways to share God's story. So that when God 
perfectly positions you to tell his story, you're prepared to be used by God. If you're taking notes, the central point is simply this. Every disciple needs to know how to share God's story in a simple and clear way. Need, you need to be prepared. To how do, how do I, am I going to share God's story of redemption in a simple and clear way? I remember the first time going to India. Um, I had to simplify. I, I had over, you know, complexed the gospel, and I had to reprogram my brain to bring it down into a simple, clear way. Are you prepared? You need to be prepared. Again, just like last week, the number one hindrance is fear. Oh, no. I don't know what to say. That's why the Holy Spirit's there. He is willing and able to give you the words and give you the power, not your power, but his power to share God's story. God's story. Now, I've always wondered why God, of all the choices that he had at his, you know, fingertips, of who should share God's story, he chose us human beings. To me, I'm like, that's a, I don't know about that choice, God. I think that's pretty, pretty, pretty uh, you know, kind of flaky. Why would you choose human beings to tell other human beings God's story? I, if it was me, I would have chosen angels. I think that they're, they're more impressive and they can hold an audience as everyone's like, whoa, this is God's story of redemption. But as I think about it, God chose people real people with real problems who found a real savior who transformed their life. That is way more effective than an angelic being. Real people with real trouble who found a real savior that transformed their lives. So if you're in a situation where God is presented to you, maybe it's your child, maybe it's your grandchild, maybe it's your co-worker, maybe it's your friend, and you know God has swung open a wide door of opportunity to share, and your heart is pounding, and you're praying inside of the Holy Spirit, fill me, help me, lead me, tell me what to say, and you will. Here's some transition questions that I, I believe are helpful. This first question is what I asked this Professor, we, we, we gave her an English name, Maria. This is what I asked Maria early on. Would you like to hear God's story of redemption? It's the reason why I believe these trans, 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 uh, transitioning questions are helpful is because you're showing respect and you're asking for permission. And if they say, no, um, pass, then you just be respectful no problem, I'm always available to share this great story. Another transition question is this, would you like to hear how God made a way for us to have a relationship with him? Or would you like to hear how God transformed my life and eternity? Some type of transition question where you're being respectful, whether it's, maybe it's your father-in-law, Maybe it's your neighbor. You're being respectful, but then also you're asking a question. You're asking for permission. 
And if God allows the answer to be yes, then there you go. And you say what the Holy Spirit tells you to say. And it is the greatest rush ever to tell somebody the greatest story. So I'm going to give you two ways to do this. Two, two ways. Okay, back to Ephesians chapter 4. I have a responsibility really to train and equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. And there's no greater work than to share God's story of redemption. All right, so here's the first way, technique, strategy. It's three circles. The first circle is a circle of brokenness. This is a picture of glass that has been shattered. It's just shattered all over. Starting with the world is broken. People are broken. Here's the great thing. Today, people don't need to be convinced that we're broken, (laughs) that this world is broken. It's filled with evil and pain and shame and heartache and, and lack of trust and broken, you know, fidelity. People don't need to be convinced that life is broken. So you start with that. The world is broken. People are broken. And people will try all sorts of different avenues to get away from pain, to hide, to protect, to cover up. They'll try all kinds of things. They'll pour themselves into relationships. They'll pour themselves into social status. They'll pour themselves into, into success, into making money. Or they'll pour themselves to cover the pain into alcohol or drugs or even sex. Or, or they'll even pour themselves into religion. That if I, if I just need to be a better person, I just need to do more good things. I need to be on a search. And this, our culture right now is all over, especially the Z generation and the and millennial generation. They're, they're on a quest for spirituality. Why? Because we have an intuitive sense that things are broken. That's the first circle. The second circle is God's heart. That God's heart did not design the world to be broken. God's heart, the core of God's heart, the core of his design was to have a relationship with mankind. And he did until they chose to break away and do their own thing. See, our, our, our skeptic culture starts with there's evil. How can you believe in a God that has allowed evil? That was never God's heart, never God's design. God could have programmed human beings to be robotic and to follow and serve and love him, and then there would be no pain. But that's not love. That's just being programmed. And God gave mankind free will to obey or to not obey. And when sin came, sin has led to all brokenness. And sin separates mankind from a holy, righteous God who loves us. But sin has caused the pain, the heartache, the misery because of sin. The bad news is, the bad news is, is that sin has left us, you know, we can't get back to God. There's a separation between us and God. That's the bad news. The good news is 
God made a way for, for our mankind to be reconciled to God. And that's the third circle is Jesus. That God, out of his love for mankind, sent his son from heaven to earth to take on human flesh. And God sent Jesus the first time to go to a cross to pay the price of our sin and the cause of mankind's brokenness. Why? Why did God do that? Because of his love. John 3:16 For God so what loved the world that he sent that's the reason why that he sent his one and only son that whoever believes on him shall not perish but have eternal life don't forget the next verse the next verse is very important these are coming from the mouth of Jesus Verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to what? Save the world through him. Romans says this, but God demonstrated his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It's all because of the love of God. And then three days later, Jesus did what he prophesied. He rose again, proving that he was indeed the son of God, that he was divine. He had the power over sin and death. And then how do mankind, how do we respond to this? Well, we have a choice. And to choose Jesus, we have to Turn and believe. Turn's another word for repent. We're walking this way without God. We turn all the way around. It's repentance and turn and believe that Jesus Christ is who he said he was and did what he said he would do. And when we take Jesus as our savior for our sins, then we, we um, turn to Christ and believe and we are restored, we are reconciled into a right relationship with a loving God, the loving God. How do we do this? Romans 10 says this, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, mean Jesus is God, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be, will be saved. That didn't take me that long to share this. In your notes, on the box, on your hardcover, I think online too, there's some scripture verses that you should know and be ready to explain. But these three circles is a beautiful way to give a picture. You can write it on a napkin. You know, you can we'll do whatever with it. Um, and this is real, this three circle um, way to share the God story is very effective from the from teenagers above because they get brokenness. They get there, there's a problem, and that's the beauty. There's the problem, and God gave the solution, and it's our choice to receive the answer to the problem. Now the second. Example 
probably more well-known. This, this is effective with your children, with your grandchildren, and anybody older than that. This is the example of the bridge. Same, the story hasn't changed, just a different picture. Is that sin separates us from a holy, righteous God. God, God is perfect. God is holy, and sin separates us from God. And the word death means separation, separation, all right? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I have never encountered a person that denied that they've sinned before. That's how my dad accepted Jesus. He, 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 when he heard that he, he was a sinner and then there's an answer to his sin problem and he walked forward with my mom, he didn't, he didn't know she was following, and he got forward. You know, as back then when you come forward and talk to the pastor, and the pastor said, what are you doing here? He, he said, you said I'm a sinner. I know that. But I want to meet Jesus. I want to have a Savior. The second picture is that our way to God is futile. We try all sorts of things to, for us to get to God. You know, good deeds, live a good moral life, go to church, but we don't understand the, the separation, the gap is impossible to go across on our own. The way I would explain this back in my youth pastor years and, and up here as well as in Southern California, as I, you know, they're up back then, they were all into bikes and, you know, jumps and ramps and stuff. And I'm like, okay, let's, let's what if, say you built a the, the massive bike ramp you know, right on the beach in Southern California, and you get on your bike, and you just, I mean, it's this long ramp, and then you just launch yourself. Do you think you will ever make it all the way to Hawaii? And they're like, no. I said, that shows you the, the, the gap, the separation with us sinful people and a holy God. It is absolutely humanly impossible to bridge that gap. And anything we do is so futile, it's impossible. And then the third picture is that the cross bridges the gap. The cross bridges the gap. And again, Romans 5, 8, that God demonstrated his love to us. And while we were yet sinners, he died for us. And by faith in Jesus, in his death, burial, and resurrection, the cross bridges the gap to be reconciled and restored to God. See, God is a picture-giving God, and people remember pictures. So the, the three circles and the bridge, I'm setting you up to be um, successful in sharing with your child. By the way, if you're working with children, please don't say, you need to ask Jesus into your heart. Because most little kids are going to go. Can you see him? No, they need to believe in their heart. But this, this will set you up for your child, your grandchild, your friend that you care about, co-worker, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm sharing with Maria. She's just looking almost into my soul. As I'm talking, I'm still praying. How do I share this? And it was beautiful because she had no understanding of Jesus. 
She had no understanding that there was a God who loved her. And I got to share with her, as the Spirit led, the greatest story ever told. After I was all done sharing, I don't like forcing anybody to, to accept Christ. It's, a, it's, like a, it's like a gift. You don't shove a gift down so you will open this gift. You know, it's, it's not an effective approach. I said to her, I said, Maria, when I mentioned the word and the name of Jesus for the first time, you had a, you had a reaction. You had, a, you had a, a reaction. What was that? She goes, you know, when I was a little girl, I saw a movie and it had Jesus in it. And every time I heard him speak, I just felt peace. But I was just a little girl and from when, since the day I heard about Jesus, I have had a longing to hear more about Jesus and then you mentioned him. And I said, do you remember the name of the movie? And she goes, no. And I, I said, was it the Jesus film? Then the Holy Spirit was like, no, that, was in, that came in the late 70s, you know. So, so it was, you know, early 60s. And, and I did not think of this. This is what happens when you pray and ask God to fill you and help you. Out of my mouth said, was it Ben-Hur? And I was like, I have never seen Ben-Hur, the first one. Charlton Heston. And as soon as I said, was it Ben-Hur? She lit up and she said, yes, that's it. After I came back from China, I went on YouTube and I, I watched Ben-Hur with Charlton Heston. You never saw the face of Jesus. You heard him. And he's sharing, you know, Beatitudes and he's sharing about the kingdom of God and stuff. And I, it just hit me, and it hit me in the, in the classroom and later, God used Ben-Hur to plant a seed in this little girl's heart with a craving to know more about Jesus. And then God specifically and strategically placed me in this hot, humid, muggy Chinese language class. It's like, share the story. I asked her for permission. She said, please. And God was bearing, going to bear fruit from a seed God planted. You see, we never know what God is doing in the hearts of people. That if God says, I want you to share God's story, what God's going to do. Because God was already at work in this lady's life. And after I talked about how but God brings peace, God does this, God forgives. I, and I shared the whole story. She said this, you know, I have everything in life that should make me happy, but I'm not. I said, please explain. She goes, I have status because of my father's rank, because I'm a professor and I, I, I make good money. I have a husband who loves me and I'm a mom. All of my life, there's been an emptiness. And I said, that's God's place. And God wants to fill that emptiness. And I never forget, she said this, I must ponder many things that you have shared with me. So I shared with her how to trust Christ and what, all that, and, but I just knew she needed to ponder 
these things. So then I said, if I got a Bible to you, would you want to read the Bible? She goes, oh, yes, I would. I had no idea how to get a Bible. So, so anyways, we exchanged emails. And we, I even said, too, I, you know, we'll have certain codes. She goes, oh, yes, government checks my emails. So we've got to be really careful. And I said, if I mention my father, I said, my human father's in heaven. If I mention my father, I'm talking about God. She goes, okay. So then I got a hold of our underground missionary. And he told me where there was a underground Bible bookstore. And it was pretty close. So I felt like, like Jason Bourne or something. I, I, I got directions and I went there and I, I checked to see if I was tailed several times, you know. And I walk into this bookstore and I started looking. I instantly realized I can't read and understand anything. And so finally I had the courage. I'm like, oh, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Protect me. And I went up to the counter and I said, I was told that I could purchase a Chinese Bible here. And the lady behind the desk smiled, kind of winked at me. I'll be right back. I was like, yes. Got a Bible. We wrapped it up. And I got it to Maria. Came home, emailed her. She responded and said, um, thank you for telling me about your father. And I've been reading the book and the gift you gave me. And I'm starting to see them some things I've never seen before. So I emailed her back, and a few months later, I get this email from Maria. It said, I made a very big decision recently. A decision that has given me peace that I've never experienced. And I just wanted to thank you and tell you. And that's the last I've heard of Maria. I am fully confident that I will see her in heaven one day. How incredible it is to be used by the King of kings and the Lord of lords to share the story of God's redemption. And if your heart is willing to be used to, to lead your child to Christ, lead your grandchild to Christ, a friend, a Chinese professor, <laughs> it's so humbling and so exhilarating at the same time. God has chosen us God has chosen you to share his story. And you cannot be a disciple making other disciples unless you're ready and willing to share God's story when God opens the door. And by faith, you walk through asking the Holy Spirit to help you, and he will. And you'll get to experience that joy. There's nothing like it on planet Earth. You pray with me. With every head bowed, every eyes closed. I can't share you these two pictures of salvation without giving an opportunity for someone who has yet to cross that bridge, um, who have, has not received this gift of salvation. If that is you in the room or watching online, right where you're sitting, just simply pray this from your heart to God God, my sin has separated me from you. And by faith in Jesus, 
I believe that he was the son of God and that he died and rose again for my salvation. And by faith, I receive the gift of salvation today. Oh, please, let me know, let someone know if you just prayed that prayer. If you are a believer or follower here, God has strategically placed people in your life and in your heart who God is already at work, but is looking for a willing person to share God's story of redemption. I pray that you would be prepared and then be willing and then watch God use you. We pray all this in the name of Jesus, we say, amen.